listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And today's podcast, we're going to do a deal analysis on a cash flowing condo here in Denver. My guest and lender of the deal is Joe Massey with Castle & Cook. What's up, Joe? Great to see you, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to go through this deal with you today. I am too. This has been something that we have focused you know, on the podcast team here last little bit. It's just doing more deal analyses. Like We mm-hmm. love doing them. We got the groove a little bit. We're back in the groove and you help us get there. Cool. So set this up for us. This is a cash flowing condo. Correct. Before we get into the details on the property, I think it's always important for people to understand who is the investor? Who's the client? Because not every deal is a great deal mm-hmm. and not every deal is a right deal for different investors. Mm-hmm. So, so much depends on what the investor's goal is. Now, obviously, we're not going to give personal details on the podcast. Sure. But paint us a picture for the investor profile on, on this deal. Yeah, this is a first-time investor, um, regular person, nothing crazy. She works in an office. She has saved up some money that she wants to invest into real estate. When I say some money, I think she had about $60,000 saved up. Um, this is going to be her first investment property. Nothing crazy. Very smart individual. Has listened to podcasts, listened to, you know, read a couple of books, um, came to me for some advice, um, working with a great real estate agent, just a regular person. Nothing crazy. No MBA from DU in real estate law or anything like that. Just a regular, sharp investor. And what is her goal? Is it just general retirement or what's the goal as she buys into real estate? Yeah, she wants to have two to three properties so that she can have passive cash flow when she wants to retire in about 20 years. Okay. And so you helped her in the financing piece, mm-hmm. especially with condos, financing a little trickier here. That's right. So we'll talk more about that, but that's one of your strong suits when it comes to lending. Mm-hmm. So let's jump over to the spreadsheet here, talk numbers and yeah. plug in numbers. We'll tell the story of the property and why the property makes sense. Mm-hmm. And most importantly is a win for this investor as she works towards her retirement goals. Absolutely. Sounds great. Let's do it. So I have uh, actually your spreadsheet pulled up, Joe. This is the investment property analysis spreadsheet. I think version 6.2 or mm-hmm. so. Yep. And so it's a great spreadsheet, one that we've used many times. If you guys need a copy, email Joe or go to the website, download a free toolkit. We'll get you in there. As you go through the spreadsheet, understand this is something that we do with our clients here in Vision Advisors. Joe does with his clients as well. Not just helping you buy the property, but actually underwrite it, understand the numbers behind the spreadsheet and how it fits. Mm-hmm. So first thing is property address. We won't give the exact property address, but what part of town is this in, Joe? Uh, this is on ILIF in Denver. So just do ILIF-Denver or Denver, yeah. Yeah, we'll just do Denver, Colorado. You said it's a condo, so it's one unit. Condo, single unit, that's investment correct. Investment property. This was investment, yep. So condos, what's the down payment on this? All right, so when she first started looking, she wanted to do minimum down payment. So she looked at 15% down. Um, so let's for now, let's put in 15% because that was her initial analysis. Okay, so 15% down, Yep. which requires mortgage insurance. That's correct. Is she going to do monthly paid or upfront? Monthly, initially. Okay. Purchase price? $140,000. $140,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is for the condo here. Where did she find this condo? Uh, this condo was on the MLS. It had gone under contract, fell out, and had come back on the market and was back on the market for roughly 10 days. Um, but it overall had been on the market for, I think, 70 days. 
Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And this transaction closed recently, right? Yeah, just last month. Okay. so Less, I mean, less than a month ago. We're talking February 20, uh, 2022. We're mm-hmm. in. Yeah, this closed so, right around the end of January. Yeah, so very recent transaction. And this is in the, I mean, the market is just bonkers just right now. gangbusters. 0.8 yeah. months of inventory. Everybody says it's impossible to find a property. It's impossible to find properties on the MLS, which is true, except for all the ones that are out there. <laughs> <laughs> funny way to say it uh but it's true though like there's good deals out there like we find them all the time this client found them mm-hmm. so purchase price about 140 yep. acquisition costs um because she was doing 15 percent down you know you're gonna have a little bit higher costs i would say fifty five hundred dollars all right and then when someone goes under contract a couple things happen mm-hmm. go under contract they start the inspection process. They mm-hmm. also sit down and talk to you about financing as well. We'll talk about financing in a minute, the inspection on here. I don't know how much you know about this, but that's, you know, that is the part of the contract that blows up the most deals mm-hmm. as the client goes out there. And as we recommend, hires a third-party inspector who's yep. a professional at it. They go walk the property. They go, you know, look at the sinks, look at everything, give you a very detailed report on the property. So had the inspection... As far as you know, were there any major inspection issues on this property or things that adjusted the credits or closing process? There were. They were able to negotiate for a lower price. But can we come back to that? Because yeah. I want to go through what she initially looked at and then tell you what changes happened during the transaction. But I yes, love it. they were able to negotiate for a lower price. All right. So I'm gonna put, I'll just leave seller credits at seller zero. Seller credits were zero. Yep. Initial repair costs will leave at zero right now. Uh, when she walked the property, she knew that it needed new flooring and needed a good solid cleaning. So about $2,000. So 2000 Whoops. $2,000. Yep. So all in on this property, we're saying about $30,000 mm-hmm. interest rate. Yeah. So with 15% down at the time was right around 4.875. 4.875. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not 487.5. Not 487. There we go. That's it's not. Try one more time. Your spreadsheet, Joe. I don't know what's going on here. It's yeah, definitely it's not, pro- u- it's not user error. error. It's not user error. I can guarantee that. Who knows? All right. So rinse here. This is a condo. I totally forgot to ask you like what the bedroom bathroom uh, mix is. One bedroom, one bath okay, on the so ground floor. One one ground floor unit. Three story condo, but ground floor. So actually before we get into this, what are your thoughts on ground floor units? Because we've had I mean, we've had clients with different opinions. We've had clients not put off from the property because it's a ground floor garden level unit. From your perspective as a lender. And then also as an investor who also owns multiple condos, what's your take on ground floor garden level units? Oh, this is going to be the most unsophisticated answer ever. Um, as a lender, I don't care as long as the property appraises for the purchase price or if you can renegotiate if it appraises under. Um, as an investor, I don't care because ground floor units go up at the same rate as a third floor unit, as a second floor unit, as all units in the Denver metro area. And I'm not the one living there. Now, Would maybe a single woman who's renting the property be more nervous about a ground floor unit? Certainly. Um, But as an investor, I just assume there's going to be enough people with the demand in the rental market that somebody is going to want to rent that unit. And sometimes people just don't want stairs. I've moved numerous times in my life and I am kind of over moving couches up and down three flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And taking there, I agree with you. I don't think it's a huge deal. I think it's very, very minimal difference in anything. But it's a question that I get a lot as a as a realtor. Yep. For every one person that doesn't want to live on the ground floor, there's another one person that doesn't want to live on the third floor. Mm, good point. Okay, so rents here. Uh, twelve fifty was her initial estimate. 
So this is the initial estimate. Initial no estimate. rents were in place on this property. Uh, correct. It was vacant. Okay. So vacant property, twelve fifty. Uh, for vacancy, <clears throat> all this stuff, three percent. Yeah, three percent vacancy. Annual rent increase, four percent. Appreciation, five percent. So standard underwriting assumptions. Yep. Effective tax rate, twenty five percent. Property uh, management, self manage. She planned to self manage. Okay. So no to property management. Monthly reserves for maintenance and all that stuff. You know, this project was in pretty good shape. I think you could really go to 5%. Um, didn't have any major deferred maintenance, no major issues that were going to come up. All right, so 5%, and that's of the gross rents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a condo, so I assume there's an HOA. Yep. What was the monthly HOA? Uh, the monthly HOA was uh, 342. 342. Mm-hmm. And kind of standard HOA as far as what it covers and all yep. that stuff, okay? Very normal. Taxes. $640 a year. Insurance? 700 a year. Okay, now when it comes to utilities, water, sewer, HOA, All, That's right? included in the HOA. So we'll put zero there, HOA. Trash? HOA. HOA. Electric? Paid by the tenant. That's tenant, so you're not involved in that. Landscaping is HOA. Yep. Landscaping, snow rules, HOA. I mean, really know their expenses, right? Yeah, that's it. So very straightforward. Um, let's take a look at the cash flow. All right. So now we go to the cash flow tab here on Joe's spreadsheet. It summarizes a lot of the data on here, but high level, $140,000 condo, about $30,000 all in with a net operating income of just under $8,500 after mortgage and mortgage insurance, about $300 a year in annual cash flow which puts it about a 5.9% cap rate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not great cash flow, but also, I mean, this is kind of the market right now, like cash flow is getting tougher and tougher to find, mm-hmm. and especially she used a, a very low down payment, mm-hmm. which increases closing costs and also increases interest rate, mm-hmm. which diminishes cash flow. Yep. So $300 a year in cash flow, in my book, that's break even. Like yeah. who cares about $300 a year? So she brought this property to me and she said, hey, Joe, what do you think? I'm really interested in getting involved in the Denver real estate market. You know, prices are going up. Um, I found this property. She put together this whole analysis and brought it to me and said, will you look at it? Tell me what you think. And I went over it and I came to the exact same conclusion as you. I said, well, the GRM is really good. So that right out of the gates tells me that I should look at it. A GRM of 113. 113 GRM. Very good. The cap rate is low-ish, 5.9, but not that low-ish for I mean, today's for the market. I that's that's pretty that's really solid. good. Yeah. Yep. $300 a year in cash flow, not setting the world on fire, but she's only putting 15% down. So I said, you know, if you're comfortable with that smaller investment, you're not looking for a ton of cash flow, this could make sense. And I told her, hey, here's the big question. We're going to have to look at this condo to see, look at the HOA and see, is it going to qualify uh, for 15% down? There are some restrictions on certain condos. There's some restrictions depending on occupancy, depending on delinquencies, depending on um, single investor concentration that might prevent you from putting 15% down. And so that was one thing I told her right out of the gates. When you go under contract, it may change. We may have to you know, pivot to a larger down payment depending on the strength of the HOA. All right. So... Going down here, I always like to look at the first year return on investment quadrant. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. I mean, we teach a class on this. Yep. In the, the four ways of money in real estate. And while the cash flow is, I mean, less than what most people want, it's a one percentage cash on cash return. The overall return in the first year is estimated to be around 34%. Yeah. 
And this is where just in my perspective, I think Joe's perspective is cash flow is important, but don't get tunnel vision on cash flow because it's not the only only way to make money in real estate. That's There's right. Appreciation, depreciation, and the debt pay down on there. That's right. So about 34% on there. And I know uh, you wanted to change some numbers on here, Joe, which will change these numbers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to write, so we're at 5.9 cap, 34% total return. Yep. So we reviewed this property and she said, Joe, I think I really like this property. What do you think? Now, I don't make the final decision. I told her what I think, which is what I shared a minute ago. And she said, okay, I think I'm going to make an offer on this property. I said, cool, go for it. So she made an offer, copied me on the contract. I called the listing agent, gave our normal explanation. She's fully pre-approved, et cetera. 24 hours later, she's under contract. All right. So let's go back to our inputs tab and let's walk through what happened over the next 15 days. So it was a 21 day contract. The very first thing that happened is we got the condo questionnaire back and it was 60% investor concentration, which a lot of people immediately say, oh, it's non-warrantable. You can't do that. Screw you guys. See you later. That's not what we do. Hey, you have greater than 50% investor concentration. No problem. You can still buy this, but you can't do it with 15% down. Mm. So she had to change and do 25% down. So put in 25% down payment, if you would. Because that's one of the things is if it's over that 50%, 50% threshold, it's automatic 25%. Correct. If you're, it, right? an, if you're an investor. If you're an investor. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, there were some inspection items and she was actually able to negotiate for a lower purchase price of 135000 all right, so we're changing the purchase price from 140 to 135. Because she's now putting 25% down, her acquisition costs were closer to about 3,700. And initial repair costs remained the same at $2,000. But because she put 25% down instead of 15%, her interest rate was 4.0. So that is 4.75 to 4.0. That's a significant drop. That's mm-hmm. I mean, almost, almost a point there. Yep. So this is when she closed on the property. These are the numbers that she expected. Can we go look at the cash flow? Yes, sir, we can. This is now a 6.1% cap rate. So it improved, and now she's making $2,500 a year in cash flow. So what improved the cash flow? Bigger down payment, right? And if you scroll up, she had to invest more of her money. Now, fortunately, she had it. Remember I mentioned she had a little over Mm $50,000 saved up. So she wasn't stuck that she had exactly $30,000 and was trying to invest all of her money. She had some money set aside in the event that things changed, which they did. Once we got the condo questionnaire, once we learned more about it, she had to put down about $41,000 total. Which as a just complete side note and tip here in the current market, like, Always have extra money on the side if you can, because the market is tough. Even if you didn't using a low down payment program, yep. uh, you may have to put more down for lending reasons or the appraisal gap, which are very common right now, may have to come into play some there. So always having some extra cash on the sidelines is highly, highly recommended. And we see a lot more deals going to those clients that can play ball a bit more than other ones. So I don't recommend stretching your budget to the max, or at least from a cash perspective, have extra cash on the sidelines to do exactly what she did here. I mean, we're talking, what, a 30% difference in cash from thirty dollars to $40,000. That's a yeah. big percent amount of cash she's putting down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that makes the cash flow stronger, 2500 bucks a year. And that brings down the return on investment quadrant. She's now only making 29% because she invested more money, but the cash flow has gone up. It's now a 6.2% cash on cash return, but because she's invested more money, she's making more money. She's making $12,000, but she had to put another 10 or $11,000 down. All Still right. a good deal? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love it. 
I would, uh, I mean, assuming uh, all the condo unrunning rules didn't exist out there, I would put 15% down if I could. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, I don't think lenders would allow me to do it. So no. if I could do 15% down, I absolutely would. But since you and other lenders won't allow me to do it, this is a great way to go. And yep. this is a deal at this rate. I mean, I've got lots of people to buy it today. Yeah, solid deal. So she closes on the transaction. Um, she goes in, she does the renovations, and then she decided to hire a property manager. So let's go back to our inputs tab. And she hired- Do you know uh, why she decided to? Um, I believe just the hassle associated with it. She had planned to manage it herself. And just as she got involved, she said, you know what? This is just too much. I'm going to hire a property manager. So, yep, change that to yes. And she hired Ecospace, which charges her a flat 8%. Okay. Now, Ecospace listed the property for rent. And if we could scroll up, they had it rented in less than 15 days for $13.75. So that's $125 higher than what the estimate was. So $12.50 to $13.75. Mm -hmm. That was everything that changed. This is the way the property is now set up and positioned. It is rented. Annual cash flow, $2,600. Now let's not forget, she hired a property manager. Shouldn't her cash flow have gone down? Yes. Why didn't it? Because rents went higher. Because the, the, the property manager got a higher rent than she could get herself. So she is still at a 6.1% cap. She's still at $2,600. Her return on investment quadrant is 29.7. She invested $41,000 and she's getting a $12,000 per year return. This is a 99 GRM. Did I tell you where she got this? Tell me again. It was on the MLS. Back on the market. Days on market was 70. Seven zero days on the market. Was it just, why was it on there so long? Was it just overpriced? No, nope, you... because it was listed went under contract and fell 60 out. days later fell out and went back on the market and sat there for another six or eight days before she was able to get it under contract. Yeah. And for some reason, those properties get stigmatized. Oh, it's under contract. I don't want to touch it. Yeah. Which I mean, a lot. I mean, I don't know the percent, but I mean, I'd say at least half the time the property falls on a contract, not because of the property, the seller, but because of the, the buyer, buyer. their financing or cold feet or inspection items. Yep. Um, you and I did a podcast recently. 28% of buyers are turned down after being pre-approved. That means that 28% of people go under contract, get turned down later, and that property goes back on the market. Could very easily be one of those situations. Nothing wrong with the property. The buyer just had a bad lender, yeah. right? Happens all the time. So, I mean, this deal, especially in the current market insurance of quarter one, 2022, is a really, really good deal in terms mm -hmm. of just cap rate, cash flow, um, and how she was able to acquire it. So, I love this. How, as a new investor, did she feel about it? She's thrilled. Yeah. She's thrilled. She stopped by my office the other day, told me that she hired Eric over at Ecospace. She is pumped. She's saving up her money to do it again. Ah, congratulations to her. Yeah. Um, okay, so on this property here, actually, I don't want to touch on my spreadsheet. I want to talk a little about condo lending here, because in the the podcast previous to this, we talked a lot about like you know your lending and how you get deals closed. And one of your specialties, at least in my view, is that you know the nuances and can navigate HOAs around condos. Yeah. You already alluded to the fact that there was this was above a fifty percent threshold when it comes to investors. Talk a little bit about 
underwriting investment pro- or just underwriting properties from a lending standpoint for condos because it's very different than a townhome or single family. Yeah, so condos are unique because it's a third party, right? It, the, the homeowners association is a third party. So I'm lending money to you, Chris, if you're the buyer. And we're looking at the property for the collateral, but there's also this condo, which could impact your ability to repay my loan in the events of homeowners association dues going up or deferred maintenance or problems that occur with this condo. So there's a third party that we're also reviewing, and that is the homeowners association. So we're looking at a few things. Number one, is the condo involved in any litigation? If yes, we are not lending on that, period, end of story. There's several uh, projects around town that are involved in litigation, suing insurance companies because of hail damage. We are not interested in joining somebody else's lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So if it's in litigation, I'm sorry, we cannot help. Next, delinquencies. If you have delinquencies greater than 15%, that's a leading indicator for foreclosures. Because if you're behind on your homeowners association So it's delinquencies from uh, owners paying the HOA? Correct. So let's just say you have 100 units in this condo, and 20 of the units are not paying their HOAs. So you have 20% delinquency. That's an indication if you're not paying your HOA dues, you're likely also not paying your mortgage. Mm. If you're not paying your mortgage, what's going to happen in 90 days? The foreclosure process Foreclosure. If all of a sudden 20% of the units in that complex go into foreclosure, what happens to prices? Uh, (laughs) They go down. They don't go up anymore. And so that's okay. We can work with that, but we're going to require you to put down at least 25% if there's high delinquencies. Oh, so that's not an automatic kill switch. Nope. Okay. The next one would be investor concentration. So a lot of people say, oh, Joe, I spoke to Wells Fargo. There's 51% investors. This is a non-warnable condo. I can't do it. That's not true. Just because Wells Fargo has that rule doesn't mean that the whole world has that rule. A high investor concentration means that sometimes you can have deferred maintenance, sometimes it's not kept with the same pride of home ownership, and you might have lower values. That's okay. We'll work with that. If you have greater than 50% investor concentration, we'll still do that loan. You just have to put at least 25% down if you're a new investor. So in this case, there was like 60% investor concentration. So she had to put at least 25% down. Let's say there was 30% investor concentration. She could have done this loan with only 15% down. The next one we're looking at is single entity concentration. Meaning if we have the same 100 unit homeowners association and there's 20 units that are owned by the same investor, that investor has a very high percentage of the voting shares in that HOA. That's a lot of control for one person. Mm -hmm. We would not necessarily lend on that. However, if Chris Lopez owns 20 units and he transfers it to Chris Lopez LLC 1, LLC 2, LLC 3, LLC through number 20. That is now not single entity concentration because there's 20 different entities that own 20 different units. I did not realize that. So even if I as individual, whether I own it through one entity or I have one entity that owns 20 other entities, Mm -hmm. from the lending perspective, you guys see that differently? Mm -hmm. Because it's entity. One thing that you should know that's that's very important in the lending world is the nuances and the glossary. It doesn't say (laughs) one group of people. It says single entity concentration. And if there's one entity that owns it all, that's a problem. If you have multiple entities, likely not a problem. Dude, that's that's gold right there. And this is one of the reasons why I want to bring up about the HOA under, or the condo and HOA underwriting. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we've often won deals. Like I can think of numerous transactions where like, you know, Preston, Preston Newberry's working with a client, you bet on lending, mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, we've done a bunch of deals in this complex between Preston, between Joe. Like we know everything. And oh, we know in two weeks during this process, this will pop up. It, our seller is aware of it, or our buyer's aware of it, Joe's aware of it. 
we are smoothly saying it will not screw it will not screw the deal. Mm-hmm. And we've often won deals just based off of our track record, our combined track record for closing deals. And a big reason is that you know HOA underwriting. Sometimes people ask me, Joe, why should I work with you? Because I could go with XYZ online lender. And I can't say this to the client, but I, sometimes I really want to. I know what I'm doing. It's not my first rodeo, right? <laughs> I know how to get you to the closing. And I can see the speed bump that's uh, three weeks ahead. And you want to work with this rookie over here that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. I can help you. But if you want to go work with them, good luck. And call me back when you hit that speed bump. And so even if you're out there working with another lender, go back the last whatever five minutes, listen to those four bullet points Joe went through, and just mm-hmm. make sure you ask the lender those questions. Because there's a lot of great lenders out there, like a lot of Absolutely. great realtors out there. But the devil's in the details. Um, and you want to make sure that your whole team can get you the finish line. Because if we can't, we have failed you collectively as a team if we don't get you in that investment property or that house act or whatever it is. So make sure you understand those details and talk to your lender um, or Joe and make sure that you can get to the closing table. Hopefully I am your lender. Yeah. Well, that's who I recommend. I've closed two condos. You've done them for me and it's been smooth sailing. I appreciate it. So Joe, look in this uh, spreadsheet, this deal, absolute win. You said the client's stoked. She's already saving up for property number two in the near yep. future again from there. Absolutely. And anything else that people need to know when it comes to nuances and underwriting condos as they look at this deal and future deals? No, I think we hit on some of the highlights. We're going to also look at things like reserves. We're going to you know, review the budget, make sure there's no upcoming special assessments, et cetera. But that's a big part of what we're going to do. It's not something that you need to try and do ahead of time. That's part of, re- part of the reason why you have your due diligence dates in the contract in order to review the homeowners association before uh, the closing date. So that's a big part of what we'll do to help you once you go under contract. Something I want to talk about too, because I get this question sometimes. Well, before I put the offer in, I want to know if lending can meet all those criteria and I want to see the HOA docs, which I get people wanting to know the information. The reality of the market is very tough from my perspective as a broker. I don't think it's a great use of time. From your perspective as a lender, do you want buyers or do you want buyers to talk about a property, putting an offer to do a full underwriting or, hey, get in a contract, then underwrite it? I mean, I'm happy to talk, but unless the buyer is willing to call the homeowners association and get the condo questionnaire and get the budget and get all the minutes, which costs about 500 bucks, and they're most clients, I would venture to say 100% of clients are not going to spend that $500 until they're under contract. We can't give you an inf- information, right? The condo questionnaire is basically the credit report for the HOA. And you're not going to, Mr. Buyer, likely spend money on that until you're under contract. But that's why you have your due diligence dates. So you can get under contract. Then we gather that information. If we find a problem with the homeowners association, just like we did in this scenario, you can pivot to put more money down or you can cancel and get your earnest money back. And that's a great point because we have a buyer-friendly contract in Colorado where if the HOA blows up the deal, financing blows up the deal, you can terminate on the contract and you say, get your earnest money back. That's right. So Joe, this has been a great deal. I appreciate you bringing it to our attention, talking yeah. about and giving us some nuances on there. So of course, if you guys need lending, talk to Joe. His contact details will be in the show notes. If you guys want to do an investment consultation to find a property, reach out to us. Both of us, both of our teams, we go out through, help you figure out things. And the underwriting we did on this property, we do with our clients to make sure you're getting the right deal for you. So thank you, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. And uh, folks out there listening, call, text, email, send a carrier pigeon, whatever. I would love to chat with you. Thanks, everyone. 